What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. It's Thursday, so you know we are previewing to the new week, week nine we've got coming up here. Halloween, things could get scary for a couple teams, right? They are trying to make them their place in the ACC. They're trying to make their claim for being the best in the conference. Who knows how it's going to go down? We all know things could get shaky. So I've got my boy Tyler Aki here from Locked On Syracuse here to break it down. Let's get right into it, shall we? On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tyler Aki in the building. Thanks so much for joining the show. I am feeling like it's going to be some shady, spooky, scary things happening going down week nine. I would love to know how you're doing, how you're feeling. Are you ready for this weekend? I'm good. It's a lot of close matchups this weekend. Again, we've said this a number of times on the show. No real marquee matchups when it comes to the scope of the entire nation, but within the conference, you got a lot of teams with similar records separated by a game, but jockeying for position in the conference. So I'm excited. A lot of very good matchups, I think, this week. Absolutely. Let's get right into it. We're going to start with our Atlantic teams like we usually do. Go Coastal South and then the best game of the weekend prediction. So State, NC State playing Louisville at 730 on ACC Network It is NC State's homecoming. But the Cardinals are trying to disrupt things just here a bit. They are sitting at four and three as NC State is sitting at five and two. Similar uh, similar records, as you have mentioned. But more importantly, State is trying to bounce back after that Miami loss. It was a head-scratcher because you just knew NC State was a new team with new energy ready to roll and dominate teams that they're supposed to beat. This is another game where technically they're supposed to beat a Louisville, but Louisville has the players to make it a competition. Right, and that's what happens. If, you, if Louisville can turn this into a track meet, Get that offense up and going. Can Devin Leary and NC State respond? And, I mean, this is an NC State team coming off a lot of mistakes in that game against Miami. So they're going to have to tighten a lot of things up here. I think Louisville is a very live underdog here. I I look at this team, and anytime you have the type of offense that Louisville has, you're going to give yourself a chance in every single game. That's just the way that football, basketball, it feels like all sports. If you've got home run hitting offense, you're going to have a chance in every single game. And that's exactly what Louisville has. Absolutely. Malik Cunningham, who has over 1,600 yards on the season, only four interceptions, I think, between him and Harrell. And who is my other guy? Mitchell. They are guys that I think if you give them any time and space, it's going to be a long day for your defense. Plus, the injuries from NC State losing Isaiah Moore to the, for the season and being very much looking for depth with that. They prided themselves on that going into the year, and now they're just scraping, clawing, and having a next man up energy. You don't want to get off track here, right? You still want to yeah. be a viable op- opportunity to be a con- true contender for the Atlantic Division. We all know you don't think too far ahead, right? You're still not trying to get into that November 13th matchup with Wake Forest. Can you focus on the task at hand? I think De- Devin Leary is going to have to use guys like Amez- Mecca Amezi, and they're going to have to have strong run game this go around between Bam Knight and Ricky Persons. Both of those two are going to have to have a strong show. And you brought up the injury to Moore, and that really concerns me against this Louisville team. They're coming off a game where they ran for over 330 yards. And if they get things going on the ground and you limit what Malik Cunningham needs to do with his arm, then it could get scary, and Louisville could really run away with one. 
Absolutely. All right, next team here in the Atlantic that we cover on Thursday show, Clemson. They are trying to figure who who they are. Four and three on the season. They lost to Pittsburgh. And FSU is trying to get a little mojo rolling. Mike Norvell, maybe, and his guys are starting to figure things out. They are currently sitting at three and four. And a lot of people are giving a shoe in for Clemson. But I told the guys earlier this week, Tyler, I am done saying it's going to be a breakout game for DJ. I'm done. I'm done <laughs> saying DJ is going to have a breakout game. This is going to be the one. I officially have retired that sentence from my vocabulary, and I'm I'm frustrated because I, I thought things are going to change, but sometimes when people show you who they are, you just have to believe them. I'm going to keep saying it because eventually <laughs> I'm going to be right, right? At some point, he's going to come out with one of these. No, I, I think it lends itself to to you being correct here because, I mean, time after time, we just haven't seen it with him. And yeah. I get Pitt's a tough team, but it's a tough offensive matchup. They do yeah. just enough defensively, but – and listen, it's not totally his fault either. Yeah. Like, the, I mean, you look at the complimentary running game, the receivers aren't what they have been in, in years past with Clemson and yeah. battle the number of injuries on offense. It's been a tough season for him just with the, all the change that he's had to deal with because mm -hmm. at the running back position, I know people just think it's so run ball, catch ball, but it's not, there's a lot yeah. of blocking schemes that go into it too. And when you've got all these new bodies shuffling in and DJ sometimes running for his life, it's tough. And I'm not totally excusing him because he's certainly missed on his fair share of throws and he's made his number of mistakes. But yeah. this is a completely team effort for why this Clemson team has not been what everyone thinks and thought it would be this season. Yeah. And I'm interested to see how Jordan Travis, who has Herculean efforts, you know, games against Carolina, and then sometimes he goes missing against games in Jacksonville State. So which Jordan Travis are we going to get this show out? And I think because of the opportunity to beat and take down at Clemson, it's very much there for them to try and step up in a major way. You have Deshaun Corbin, who is certainly, certainly starting to find his legs in the run game with five touchdowns on the season. But for me, Jermaine Johnson, can you match that energy of the Clemson defense can yeah. we have a, a defensive battle right because I think Clemson's defense has not shied away from being great they've lost so no. many people yeah. and yet they're still absolutely brilliant but is this the game that they started to get tripped up because they're just worn down yeah last week against Pitt they allowed 28 points and, and that's double the amount they've allowed in regulation in any game this season which yeah. is phenomenal especially considering Pitt I mean they came into <laughs> that game averaging 48 points per game so yeah. it just kind of showed how good this Clemson defense is to shut down that juggernaut of an offense. But if you're Jim Phillips right now, you see this matchup mm -hmm. and you're just shaking your head. Like this <laughs> is supposed to be the marquee matchup of the year in your conference every single season. This should be like the Ohio State battles versus Michigan yeah. at times in the Big Ten where the winner of this game is going to move on to your conference championship. You know what? This is the first time – it, it, since, uh, what was it, 2010, that neither team has been ranked in this matchup. And crazy. it's crazy. Like, these two teams have combined for 23 of the last 30 ACC titles. And there, if there's no juice to this game. <laughs> None at all. It's just another one we're just going to have to watch. But yeah. I can't – I would be remiss if we didn't talk about this final game here of a team that you cover – 
actually personally every single day locked on Syracuse podcast. Syracuse will be facing Atlantic rival Boston College. And I think that this to me is a circle one only because I've had so much confidence in Boston College. It hasn't gone the way we thought it would. Phil Dracovic being down. Dennis Grossell is not the guy. It sucks to say, but that just is what it is. Garrett Schrader starting to figure it out. I saw, you know, via social media how Bayheim is coming to Dino Babers' side mm-hmm. and trying to give him a little pep of confidence here. Nobody thought that they would win more than four games. And here they are about to potentially win their fifth. How are you feeling about this matchup well this is a must win for Syracuse in Mm. terms of the if they want to go bowling they have to win this game and if they don't it's over like the the dream of a bowl game is over essentially because your remaining games are NC State and Louisville on the road and then at home against Pitt yeah you're gonna have to prove two things here the rest of of the way prove you can win a road game and prove that you can go out and beat a team that you're favored against and this is the first time this season against a, a FBS opponent that this team's been favored. So I want to see Syracuse go out there, and they've got the, the personnel to do it. Punch this team in the mouth on the ground, okay? You don't have to rely on the arm against Boston College because on the other side, their quarterback hasn't done a whole heck of a lot to inspire any confidence. So right. I, I think Syracuse comes away with this one. It, this is a really important game for them. They've played in so many close games, but – Again, it's going to come down to, does Dino press the right buttons at the right time for this team offensively, clock management? And the special teams has been a disaster this season, too. (laughs) And we've seen at times how games can turn on the little special teams plays. Even some of Syracuse's wins have come on special teams and, and their ability to pick up some of those hidden yards. Listen, I'm wondering how important last weekend's win against Virginia Tech was. Like it would, just, I think everyone just breathed a sigh of relief. Yeah. It was a that was a must win too, right? They've been so mm-hmm. close, losing by three three times in a row, finally getting it done, and you just got to keep that momentum rolling. You cannot stop now. You cannot, you know, slip up. You whatever's working, Sean Tucker. You got to keep using that, right? Yeah. You got to mm-hmm. keep capitalizing on that offense stuff. But defensively, for Syracuse, you know, do you? play down to a, again, a Grossell who's figuring out his way, who's we've seen flashes of him do well. How do you kind of see that matchup going? I don't think that this defense plays down to anyone. I, I okay. think this is a unit that Tony White has done a really good job defensively getting them ready for every single matchup. It didn't matter if they were going up against Clemson. It didn't matter if they were going up against Ohio. This unit hums. And, and like, they love to get after the quarterback. One of the fascinating mm-hmm. things is Dino Babers led defenses have usually relied on turnovers to be effective units. I mean, year in, year out, one of the tops in turnover differential. And with this Syracuse team, they get almost no – like I could probably count on one hand how many turnovers they've gotten this season, at least the ones that I remember. And that they go out there and they get after the quarterback. And that's a sign of a really good defense because turnovers can sometimes be luck. Sometimes it's the quarterback making a bad throw. Sometimes it's the nose of the football bouncing your way. But when you're getting after the quarterback and you're overwhelming offensive lines, that's a unit that's moving fast, moving downhill, and they're just beating you in the trenches. And that's what this team has done this season. No doubt there. All right, people, we want to talk about Sweat Block for a few weeks now. These wipes that stopped Sweat for seven days have been a hot topic, and it seems like you guys have been listening and or trying it. We've had a couple people from – 
are around our fan base comments on how good Sweat Block has been to them. So if you have not yet, let me tell you a little success story, right? We had straight out of Hollywood, we have a producer who was working on the set of a Marvel movie. Maybe you've heard of it. She was working, he was working, excuse me, 18-hour days for weeks in Atlanta heat. He was heard about Sweat Block, started to try it, and absolutely loves it. No more sweaty production days. He even reports that one of the A-list actors uses it, maybe the green one, hint, hint, wink, wink, to start dry on set on and on the red carpet. So stopping excessive sweat for up to seven days because it's doctor created and doctor recommended, so they know exactly what they're doing, not just for armpits, but for anywhere. And I do mean anywhere that you sweat. If you or someone you care about is dealing with excessive sweat, you have to check out Sweat Block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. This episode of Eight Locked On ACC is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Make sure you guys stop by your local McDonald's as you're preparing for the rest of this football season and you're gearing up for a very exciting ACC football basketball season as well. You can refuel and absolutely reconnect. Did somebody say locked on ACC uh, watch party for championship? We might have to do it in Charlotte. It could absolutely go down. You guys, I am loving it, and I absolutely know that you will, too. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Tyler Aki in the building from Locked on Syracuse, and we are going over some of the big matchups into week nine. We've also got the coastal side of things, Miami and Pitt. Miami, Tyler Van Dyke, Mr. Walkett, like he talks it, is trying to come in and say, hey, I can battle with the best of them, and that is including Kitty Pickett, who is doing his thing, arguably the best quarterback in our conference. This matchup on Saturday at noon, high noon, I think it's going to be – one of those scary, spooky ones that if Pitt doesn't do right, they might find themselves in a Western Michigan situation and <laughs> end with the L. My only concern here is I don't know if Miami's going to be able to keep up scoring wise because mm. this Pitt defense has done a pretty good job at limiting teams. They're not elite by any stretch, but they're pretty good. They're solid. Yeah. And I think the matchup between Pitt's offense versus Miami's defense scares me. I mean, this is a pit offense that has been putting up 45 points a game. And then on the other side, like Miami's scoring, they're, they're averaging 32 points per game, but they're also allowing 30. Mm -hmm. And defensively, there's so many holes. Like, it would not surprise me if Pitt put up 60-plus in this yeah. game just because of the pace they play yeah. and the defense they're going up against. And Bubba Bolden, you know, we hadn't heard news of him being done for the season, having to have shoulder surgery. Mm -hmm. So that leader is gone for that Miami defense. But more than that, you saw some highlights of the state game where Charleston Rambo, Cam Harris, they were stepping up in big ways. They're going to have to have another great game for Tyler. Can he be smart in the pocket? Can he not overdo things? And can Manny Diaz play call in a way that's positive for his team? I felt like when I was 
was watching the game with NC State, there were just very head-scratching moments. Like, why, why are you even calling that? Why are we doing this? Why are you not going for it? Or why are you going for it? So <laughs> I think that's just something to look out for. How can, is he going to be out-coached by Narduzzi? And can Narduzzi keep his team at a level head when things might look shaky? Because, again, it's a little more confident Miami team than it was before. Right, and you're certainly right with the the confidence, but again, this is a pit team that can <laughs> knock the confidence out of you in the first couple drives as well. I mean, if this team goes up, this team could put together 21 points in that first quarter, and they, it they could really be can. it could be night night after that. <laughs> night night in our Halloween themed day. I love it. All right, Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. Let's talk about that noon game on ESPN three. Both teams looking at three and four. Both teams having inexplicably bad losses on the year. The Hokies certainly had a hot start, and then they've fizzled out. And Georgia Tech, you just we cannot be consistent to save their lives. Jeff Sims and company trying to figure out their way. This is a game to me. It's all about pride. Like who just wants it more? Who you know may not necessarily be at the top of the coastal conversation, but still really wants to play for their program and say like, listen, my coach doesn't stink. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm actually just trying to figure things out and hopefully roll. And Georgia Tech sort of reminds me in a way of Miami in terms of mm-hmm. their offense and defensive disparity. I mean, the point differential there is less than two. And I look at this Georgia Tech team. I like the offense. I think Jeff Sims yeah. has done a good job this season. It, and Jameer Gibbs, they've got the the horses on offense to put together consecutive good performances. Even in the losses, the offense has shown up. Like, I mean, just take their last loss against Virginia. Still slept 40 on the board. Mm-hmm. So that's not an offensive loss. That's a defensive loss that allowed 48 <laughs> on the other side. And we've seen time and time again with Georgia Tech and, and Miami as well. Defense has lost games for this team. And that's something that against Virginia Tech, I, I don't know. I, I think it lends itself to a, a heavy favor for this this Georgia Tech team because on the other side, I know Virginia Tech figured something out offensively last week against Syracuse, but I mean, I'm going to roll with the track record here of you not being able to score north of 30 points most weeks. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think Burmeister had some good moments on the season, but he has not delivered or lived up to the hype or expectation that I'm sure he put on himself as we started. And Fuente, I mean, he's solid, but defensively, and they have, it's okay. They have a great offensive line, very mature. They're able to help, but they can only do so much. Like there, there are too many weapons. And I don't know if we go this to like a coaching issue, but there are too many weapons in Trey Turner and Blackshear. Yes, Trey Turner and mm-hmm. Blackshear that are really excellent. That's just like, why is it not, you know, coming to pass when we yeah. look at it? On the well, field? it's the lack of home run plays that they've been able to put together on the running side of the ball. Because, yeah. I mean, Burmeister, you can only trust to do so much. But <laughs> last week was the first time they've popped off a run of over 30 yards. Yeah, I mean, we're this deep in the season and it's a running predicated offense and it's taken this long to get one of those big plays that that's concerning. So if you're not popping off some big plays against Georgia tech, you're going to find yourself in for a long afternoon. All right. Final thoughts of the day as we are gearing up for what should be a great week nine, Tyler, I would love to know who are you excited to see this weekend? Well, whenever Notre Dame makes its way into the conference, you know, (laughs) I'm looking for an upset and that means your (laughs) Carolina Tar Heels the task is at their hands now. And listen, I mean, this is a, a Notre Dame team that I think is a little bit fraudulent. I know they're 6-1 and one right now, top 15 in the country, but 
I mean, you look at what they've done offensively. It's not really that impressive in my eyes. I mean, Notre Dame or uh, UNC is actually outscoring them by about a touchdown per game and also outgaining them yardage-wise by 100 yards. I think UNC's got the better offense this year. I think Notre Dame sort of skated by their defense that has helped them and set up short field position. It's going to come down to can Sam Howell limit the turnovers for this team and if so, I, I think UNC's got a really good chance against Notre Dame. Now, Tyler, I don't know why you put all of that pressure on UNC, but here, let me tell you. No, I think last season, if you looked at this matchup, right, Carolina went to sleep in the third and fourth quarter. Like, it just, you did not find them. So if Carolina can figure out a way to still be offensively sound, you absolutely can make this a game. Kyle Hamilton being out is going to be, like, you know, it sucks to have a guy down like that, but They've got it. Carolina has to figure out a way to make that work in their advantage. More importantly, defensively, we have a rotating cast of quarterbacks, it seems, in Notre Dame's mm -hmm. arsenal. It's not an Ian Book who can deliver and figure out right. ways to get that offense rolling. So everything is playing in your favor, but can you go away and step up? That's the thing. Like, I think in a night setting, and I think just having the kind of eyes on you, can you figure it out and be the team everyone said you were supposed to be going into the year? Who that's a lot of pressure. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if that's the Carolina team that I've seen this season, but we've also already had three guys in the transfer portal and it hasn't even, we haven't even finished the year. So I think it's just really interesting. I don't know what's going on over there. The murmurs are saying other things, but who knows? Who knows? All I know is the biggest game I want to see, and I'll say it on the today show, and I'll say a different mm -hmm. show, different game tomorrow, Wake Forest and Duke. And I know everyone's like, oh, my God, it's going to be such an easy one. But you just can't go to sleep at the wheel. 7-0 is a good feeling, but it isn't exactly mm -hmm. like they've been playing as a 7-0 dominant rolling over teams. That's Don't true. let Halloween be the trap game. Don't yeah. let Duke figure out how to do that offense because their defense is not, you know, crummy. Dwayne Carter and company are – excellent defenders jeremiah lewis are guys that love and thrive off getting turnovers so you just cannot fall asleep at the wheel just because it's duke they will love nothing more than to spoil your perfect season and listen duke can get things moving on the ground too yeah. and this is not a good wake forest defense and yeah. i do have a question i want to pose to you in a second but okay. like looking at wake forest though they've sort of passed all these tests i mean they, they've been the trendy team to fade it feels like the last couple weeks even a team like army they went on the road against army and slapped 70 on the board <laughs> in regulation like that's impressive you won by two touchdowns in a game that featured 126 points i mean that that to me was i was very very impressed by wake forest now they also can't stop a nosebleed right now defensively what i mean you look at the the point totals that they've allowed in their last three games 56 37 34 yeah that that gets you a little itchy and scratchy but i want to i want to ask you this question mm -hmm. who is the best team right now in the acc is it pit or is it wake forest Ooh, great question i would say on paper pit i would say emotionally wake forest is there a difference? What do you mean by anything? emotionally? <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I mean, as a female, there's always emotions. But no, I think that Wake Forest is just, they're building off their hype because they're figuring out ways to win. They've been in tough situations where okay. they had to yeah. come through, right? Pitt battle hasn't necessarily tested. had that. Yeah. They've been battle tested and Pitt's mm -hmm. been battle tested and failed, right? If they had yeah. beat Western Michigan, I think we would be having a different conversation. They know that one got It would be a top 10 them. team right now. 100%. If, They'd be on the outside looking in of that college football playoff. And listen, if Pitt's a one loss, because I think I think the, the college football playoff committee wants to put Pitt in over Wake Forest. 
<laughs> if they, if they have their druthers here. And yeah. when you look at a, a Pitt versus Wake Forest potential matchup in the ACC championship game, winner of that might have an outside chance of getting in. It'll be yeah. tough. You'll probably need a little bit outside help. You might need Ohio State to lose one more game. You'll probably need the Pac-12 to falter at some point. I think Alabama and Georgia, as long as they win out, and should be. I think a two-loss Bama team is still probably getting in over Pitt or Wake yeah. Forest. Yeah. But I, I don't know. You're probably going to need Cincinnati to stumble. You're going to need some help, but I don't think yeah. it's totally impossible either. Yeah, I also think that with the narrative, you know, we all love a good quarterback story. So we all yeah. want to have the Kenny Pickett be the hero. I don't think Sam Hartman has been seen as the hero in the same way. And I don't think, mm -hmm. I don't really know why, but Kenny Pickett has just been lights out. Like he should be in the Heisman conversation more than he is. But I, I would, I wish the conference was doing better as a whole so we could put these guys, you know, on a better display of how well and talented they are. Because hell, I mean, Brendan Armstrong could make the case if he wanted to. So, yeah. you know, I think it's just, Again, Wake Forest has all the emotions behind it because they're figuring out how to keep winning. But Pitt certainly is a team that I would be interested to see both of them go at it during the ACC championship. But NC State saying no, wait a second. So, yeah, and, and that's the problem right now with the conference is that you've got your marquee teams Miami, Florida State, Clemson, Virginia Tech, all these teams. Your best team is four and three. Yeah. I mean, if. If some of these games that Pitt has won, like the Clemson game, if some of them had a little more luster to them, right. you'd be talking about Pitt completely differently this season. Because I think that that win against Clemson is significant. It is important. It is a good win. It's just that Clemson doesn't have the other wins to give Pitt the same cachet that it right. could have right now. Absolutely, 100% agree on that one. And I actually 100% agree. It is not just 75. Oh, All right. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, thanks so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you, follow your work? Yeah, you can check us out, Locked On Syracuse, every single day, Monday through Friday. We're on YouTube. We're wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, at LO underscore Syracuse. Talking a lot of hoops these days, too. Yeah. Basketball right around the corner. And you can find myself at Tyler, A-K-I underscore, on Twitter. No doubt. I'm excited for basketball season. I think it's going to be really good. I think that, you know, last year was just everyone's just figuring things out. But I really mm -hmm. feel like it's going to be a strong competitive conference, conference this yeah. year. Yeah. Very Thank God. I love that. It makes better for us, right? Yeah. <laughs> Guys, come back Friday. We have Freestyle Friday. We have Drizzy Drake in the building. We're going to make sure that we get you ready for all of your betting action needs. Until next time, it's Candace Cooper and Tyler Aki.